0: chapter thirty two of sons of fire by mary elizabeth braddon this librivox recording is in the public domain all in honour it was nearly a month after lady emily's appearance at discombe and there had been no letter from geoffrey every day had increased mrs Warnock's anxiety and in the face of an ever-growing fear there had been a tacit avoidance of all mention of the absent son both on the part of his mother and of suzette they had talked of music of the gardens of the poor and of the latest developments in that science of the supernatural in which mrs Warnock's interest had never abated and in which her faith had never been entirely shaken once in the midst of discussing the last number of the psychical magazine with suzette a sad sceptic she said quietly whatever has happened i know he is not dead i must have seen him i must have known there would have been some sign suzette was silent not for worlds would she have dashed a faith which buoyed up the fainting spirit yet it needed but some dreadful dream she reflected a dead face seen amidst the clouds of sleep to change this blind confidence into despair it was in the evening following this conversation that suzette was sitting at her piano alone in her own drawing-room playing from memory and losing herself in the web of a hungarian nocturne which was to her like thinking and music the composer's learned sequences and changes of key seeming only a vague expression of her own sadness her father was dining out a man's dinner a dissipation he rarely allowed himself and suzette was relieved from her evening task of playing chess reading aloud or listening to tiger's stories which had lost none of their interest from familiarity the fondly loved father being the hero of every adventure she was glad to be alone to-night for her heart was full of dread of the news which the next african letter might bring she had tried to make light of the leader's death yet she too thought with a shudder of the two young men alone inexperienced and one of them at least reckless and daring even to folly that wailing hungarian reverie with its minor modulation seemed to shape itself into a dream of africa the endless jungle the vastness of swamp and river the beauty and the terror of gigantic waterfalls huge walls of water a river leaping over a precipice into a gulf of darkness and snow-white foam the scenes of which she had been reading lately crowded into her mind and filled it with aching fears Suzette, a voice called to her softly from the open window she looked up trembling and cold with an awful fear his voice geoffrey's a spectral voice the voice of a ghost calling to her the unbeliever from the other side of the world calling in death or after death to the woman the living man had loved she rose with a faint scream and rushed to the window and was clasped in the living geoffrey's arms on the threshold between the garden and the room had she flung herself into his arms in her fear and great surprise or had he seized her as she ran to him she could not tell she knew only that she was sobbing on his breast clasped into gaunt arms which held her as in a grasp of iron geoffrey geoffrey alive and well what delight for your poor mother was she not wild with happiness she asked when he released her after a shower of kisses upon forehead and lips which she pretended to ignore she could not begin quarrelling with him in these first moments of delighted surprise he followed her into the room and she saw his face in the light of the lamp on the piano worn wan haggard wasted but with eyes that were full of fire and gladness suzette suzette he cried clasping her hands and trying to draw her to his heart again it was worth a journey over half the world to find you so sweet so fair all that my dreams have shown me night after night night after night ah love we have never been parted your image has never left me africa has done you no good you are as full of wild nonsense as ever she said trying to take the situation lightly yet trembling with emotion her heart beating loud and fast her eyes hardly daring to meet the eyes that dwelt upon her face so fondly tell me about your mother was she not surprised happy i hope she will be a little glad i haven't seen her yet not seen your mother no child a man can't have two lodestars i came straight from zanzibar to this house i came home to you suzette but you will go to the manor directly your poor mother has been so miserable about you don't lose a minute in making her happy lose these minutes are gold the most precious minutes of my life oh suzette how cruel you were why did you drive me from you she was in his arms again held closely in those wasted arms caught in the coils of that passionate love she scarcely knew how he was taking everything for granted and she knew not how to resist him she had no argument to offer against that triumphant love cruel 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 suzette two years of exile two wasted lonely years years of fond longing and looking back why did you send me away no i won't ask it was all in honour all in honour my dearest is made up of honourable scruples and delicate sympathies which this rough nature of mine can't understand but you loved me suzette you loved me from the first as i loved you our hearts went out to meet each other over the bridge of my violin flew out to each other in a burst of melody and we will go on loving each other till the last breath the last faint glimmer of life's brief candle ah love forgive me if i rave i am beside myself with joy i think you are a little out of your mind she faltered she let him rave she accepted the situation ah surely surely it was this man she loved it was this eager spirit which had passed like a breath of fire between her and allan this masterful nature which had possessed itself of her heart as of a mere chattel that must needs be the prize of the strongest she submitted to the tyranny of a love which would not accept defeat and presently they sat down side by side in the soft lamplight close to the piano which she loved only a little less than if it were human they sat down side by side his arms still round the slim waist plighted lovers poor allan she sighed with a remorseful pang has he gone down to suffolk to suffolk he is on the congo past stanley falls i hope by this time on the congo you have left him quite alone oh geoffrey how could you why not he is safe enough he knows the country as well as i i left him near Kasango, where he could get as big a train and as many stores as he wanted though we have done nowadays with long trains armies of porters and a mountainous load of provisions what will lady emily say she will be dreadfully unhappy i could not have believed you and allan would part company after mr patrington's death why not we were both strangers in the land he knows how to take care of himself as well as i do but two men companions and friends surely they would be safer than one englishman travelling alone said Suzette deeply distressed at the thought of what allan's mother would suffer when she knew that her son's comrade had left him do you think two men are safer from fever poisoned arrows the bursting of a gun the swamping of a canoe my dearest allan is just as safe alone as he was when he was one of three he had learnt a good deal about the country and he knew how to manage the natives and he had stores and ammunition and the means of getting plenty more don't let me see that sweet face clouded ah my love my love i shall never forget your welcoming smile the light upon your face as you ran to the window i had always believed in your love always even when you were cruelest but to-night i know i know that i am the chosen one he let his head sink on her shoulder and nestled against her like a child at rest near his mother's heart how could she resist a love so fervent so resolute a spirit like satan's not to be changed by place or time it is the lover who will not be denied the selfish impetuous and scrupulous lover who has always the better chance and in a case like this it was a foregone conclusion that he who came back first would be the winner the first strong appeal to the heart that had been tried by absence and anxiety the first returning wave of romantic love it was something more than a lover's return it was the awakening of love from a long sleep that had seemed dull and grey and hopeless as death i thought you would never come back sighed suzette resigning herself to the tyranny of the conqueror content at last to be taken by a coup de main i was afraid you and allan would be left in that dreadful country and i had to make believe to think you as safe as if you were in the next parish i had to be cheerful and full of hopefulness for your mother's sake your poor mother starting up suddenly oh geoffrey how cruel that we should be sitting here while she is left in ignorance of your return and she has suffered an agony of fear since she heard of poor mr patrington's death it is shameful you must go to her this instant must i my queen and mistress this instant it will be a shock to her even in the joy of your return to see how thin and haggard you have grown what suffering you must have gone through only one kind of suffering only one malady suzette i was sick for love of you love made me do forced marches love kept me awake of nights impatience was the fever that burnt in my blood love and longing for you yes yes i am going as she put her hand through his arm and led him to the window i will be at my mother's feet in half an hour kneeling to ask for her blessing on my betrothal there will be a double joy for her Suzette, in my homecoming and my happiness i left her a restless unquiet spirit i go back to her tamed and happy yes yes only go remember that every minute of her life of late has been a minute of anxiety and she loves you so devotedly geoffrey she has only you to love i am going but not till you have told me how soon Suzette. how soon what our marriage geoffrey how absurd of you to talk about that when i hardly know that we are engaged i know it we are bound and plighted as never lovers were to my knowledge since romeo and juliet how long did romeo wait suzette twenty-four hours i think i shall have to wait longer for a special licence geoffrey unless you hurry away to the manor this instant i will never speak civilly to you again why what a fury my love can be what an exquisite termagant yes i will wait for the license come to the gate with me Suzette. they went through the dusky garden to the old-fashioned five-barred gate which opened on to a circular drive the night was cool and grey and the white bloom of a catalpa tree gleamed ghost-light among the dark masses of the shrubbery a bat wheeled across the greyness in front of the lovers as they kissed and parted until i can get the license he repeated with his happy laugh we'll wait for nothing else you will have to wait for me she answered tossing up her head and running away a swift white figure vanishing in the bend of the drive as he stood watching her thank god he ejaculated the reward is worth all that has gone before chapter thirty two